uh, before we get into the Word tonight, the Bible lesson, uh, I want to remind the ladies, tomorrow night's a higher standard ladies' meeting, uh, 7 p.m. here at the church. Uh, there's a lot of great things planned, including a presentation by Connie Shivers on wisdom and finances. Connie is, uh, is the uh, banking center assistant manager at Commerce Bank in Manchester, so she's going to have a lot of good things to share and and that'll be good. So all the ladies come tomorrow night right here, 7 p.m. Also, uh, this Saturday, there's a work day here at the church from 8 until noon. And uh, there'll be work inside and outside, weather permitting. So if you can come and help with that, we would sure appreciate it. And then finally, remember uh, this next Sunday and Sunday morning, going to be teaching along the lines of, uh, uh, I don't know how we'll get it all in there, but just as the Spirit leads and directs, we're going to be talking about uh, the end times, the end of the age. We're living in the last days. You know that. Poor Jesus' return. And we're going to be talking about that. This nation we live in in prayer. That's all going to be part of what we're going to be talking about on Sunday morning. So be in prayer that the Lord would give me utterance. Amen. Amen. To say what he once said. And, and, uh, and then on Sunday night, we're having a believers meeting. This coming Sunday night. And so uh, be seeking the Lord along those lines. He may want to use you. He may want to, you know, he may want to use you to, uh, uh, you know, maybe he'll give you a revelation from the Word of God that you may take a couple of minutes and share, you know. Maybe you might, he may give you tongues and interpretation or a word of prophecy. Amen. Did you hear me? That's really the biggest difference between uh, that meeting and a meeting like this. See, tonight there's really not necessarily a place for you to, to really, you know, get up and give, give a revelation that maybe the Lord's given you from the Word. Now, we don't want to hear your revelation if it's not based in the Word of God. No more than you want to hear mine. Is that right? Amen. Or maybe God's given you a psalm or a, a spiritual song to sing. Well, there's no place for it in this service, but there'd be a place then, you see. A lot of times folks misunderstand what that meeting is all about. I've tried to make it as clear as I can. So be seeking the Lord. He might want to use you this Sunday night right here at 6. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. We're open for the Spirit of God to move at any time in our services as He sees fit. He's running this place, not me. And so the Holy Ghost is always welcome in all of our services to do whatever He wants. Praise God. Can you say amen? amen? All right. Psalm 23. Let us go there. And the 23rd Psalm. 23rd Psalm. How many of you like the 23rd Psalm? Well, I sure do. And just it just seemed like that's what we needed to talk about tonight, the 23rd Psalm. So turn on over there and uh, we'll read it and then we'll, we'll just kind of go through this uh, piece by piece here tonight. The Lord is my shepherd. I tell you what, why don't we just all read it together? It's right up there on the screen or you can read it out of your Bible. I use a New King James Version. Let's all read it together. Ready? Go. Read. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. 
Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Praise God. Well, you know, Psalm 23 is a psalm for the living, not for the dead. Did you hear me? And again and again we hear this, you know, mentioned at funerals. And uh, this is not a psalm for the dead. It's a psalm for the living. Uh, psalm 22 is, is past. Psalm 24 is future. But Psalm 23 is for us in the right here and the now. And, uh, and, and the, as we go on here and go back through this, you'll see that. But notice the Bible says here, starts out, the Lord is, the Lord is, the Lord is. Now the Lord is Jesus, amen? That's who the Lord is. I like that name Jesus. Did you hear me? I'm not ashamed of the name of Jesus. You know, there's just something about that name. You know, you can even use the word God and it won't cause too much of a stir. Huh? Or you can go into a public school. I know because I taught in one for a lot of years. You can go in there and say Allah or Mohammed or Confucius or Buddha and nobody gets too upset. But you mention that name, Jesus, and I tell you what, it'll get the whole place stirred up. It'll, it'll, bring, it'll bring people out of the woodworks uh, uh, crabbing and complaining. How come you use that name? It's because there's something about that name. It's the name that's above every name that's named. Amen? Jesus is God. He's the second member of the Trinity. It's the name above every name. And the Lord Jesus is. And I'm so glad He is. How about you? I'm just so glad He is. The Bible said, He who comes to the Lord must believe that He is. And that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, he is, praise God. Jesus said, I am he which is, which was, and which is to come. And so let's always be glad that our Lord Jesus is. He is, praise God. I believe that he is. I believe that he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen. I believe that he's seated seated there ever living to make intercession for us. How about you? Do you know somebody's praying for you? It's Jesus. Amen? Praise God. I'm so glad that He is. And then He is what? Well, He is my. Let's don't overlook that word my. He is my. What does that indicate? Personal. Personal. He's a personal Savior. He's a personal Shepherd. He belongs to each and every one of us individually. Praise God. Let's don't ever forget the intimacy of that. The Lord is my, my, my. He belongs to each and every one of us. He belongs just as much to me as He does to you. Amen? He belongs just as much to you as He does to me. He belongs just as much to me as He does to Billy Graham. Can you say amen? Amen. So the Lord Jesus is my shepherd. Shepherd. And I'm so glad that He is. A shepherd is one who takes care of the sheep. One who takes care of the sheep. And watches over the sheep. And protects the sheep. And so we couldn't have a better person than the Lord Jesus Christ to be our shepherd. He takes care of us. He watches over us. He protects us. Jesus said in John 10, I am the good shepherd. 
How many of you remember him saying that? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. You know, Jesus laid down his life for us, didn't he? At Calvary, praise God. He laid his life down there so we don't have to. See, he's the good shepherd. He gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, a hireling is just one who's paid to come in there and do the job, doesn't really care for the sheep. Listen, the hireling, Jesus said, this is all in John 10, the hireling is he, is he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep. Well, Jesus owns us, doesn't he? Doesn't the Bible say that we've been bought with a price and we're not our own? We've been bought not with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I'm so glad that Jesus isn't a hireling. Aren't you? but that he's a good shepherd and that he gave his life for us. And when the wolf comes, he stands between us and the wolf. Amen. When the devil comes knocking on our door, Jesus is standing between us and the devil. Can you say amen? Glory to God. And the hireling flees, you see, doesn't care about the sheep. And then Jesus goes on to say, I'm the good shepherd and I know my sheep. See, he wants to have that personal relationship with each and every one of us. He just doesn't want to lead us generally. He wants to lead us specifically, you see. You understand that? We ought to all have a personal relationship with our, with our shepherd, with our great uh, Savior, the Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Jesus also said, He said, when He saw the multitudes, well, the Bible says, when He saw the multitudes, He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Well, you see, if you don't have a shepherd, you're going to become weary and you're going to become scattered. But thank God we've got a shepherd and his name is Jesus. Amen? And you see, if you don't have a shepherd, you're going to become weary. And in that word weary, and this is found in Matthew, the ninth chapter, uh, means uh, discouraged and down and you'll stay that way. But see, if you have a shepherd, a shepherd is somebody that'll build you back up, you see, and encourage you. How many's ever gotten down besides me? Huh? Yeah, and when you get down, see, if you don't have a shepherd, then, 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 then you'll just stay down there. And, and you'll become weary and you'll get so discouraged that you're likely to give up and quit. But if you have a shepherd, see, that shepherd will come back in there and build you back up. And re, we'll see in a minute, restore you, you see, and get you back built up. See, that's why we need to have that close, personal, intimate relationship with our shepherd. Because uh, if we don't have that, we'll become weary and we'll get just so discouraged we're, we're liable to give up and quit. Well, praise God, we don't have to uh, uh, be in that state, praise God. Well, we might get in that state, but we don't have to stay there. Amen? Because we have a good shepherd and he'll encourage us and he'll get us back restored like we need to be and then we won't be scattered. We won't be scattered, you see. Praise God. Can you say amen to that? Glory to God. So the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want or lack. Lack. You know, if Jesus is our shepherd, there should come a time in our lives where there's no lack on any side. Did you hear me? No lack on any side. Um, one reason that 
because uh, I've watched people for years. You know, I have a hat that has an O on it. Anybody know what that O stands for? Observer. Not, I'm not a judge. I don't judge, judgmental. But I observe. I've, I've observed. And I've watched a lot of folks over the years that they're, they're Christians, all right? They, they're, they're born again. But year after year after year, there's, there's, there's just always lack. There's always lack. Always lack. You know what I've observed is that, see, the Lord is our shepherd, and he wants to shepherd us or pastor us. And a lot of times, folks, though they're saved all right, they won't let him shepherd them or pastor them the way he wants to. And so they're disobedient to him. And so then they wonder why they go on in lack. Well, we need to, you know, if he's our shepherd, we need to be submitted to him and we need to do what he tells us to do. Is that right? Let's let him shepherd us. You know what I mean by that? Let's let him uh, be our guide. We'll see this here in a moment. He leads us and guides us. Let's let him have his way in our life. And you can get to a point where there's no lack on any side. Praise God. Amen? You can get to the point of the end of this psalm where your cup does what? Amen. Now, why does he want your cup running over? So that you can just have a bunch of goodies for yourself? Well, he wants us blessed, all right, but he wants our cup running over so we'll be able to bless others. Did you hear me? That's what should lay at the heart of, the, uh, of prosperity is not just we've got a bunch of stuff, but that we've got a bunch of stuff to bless other people with. See, as long as we keep that motive, then, then the blessing of God will keep, keep right on with us, you see. Amen? Doesn't the Bible say you have not because you ask not, and you ask and receive not because you ask amiss, that you might heap it upon your own lust or desires. Is that right? So the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want or lack. But we have to let him have his way in our life. And we'll get to the point where the cup runs over. He makes me, he makes me to lie down in what? Green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Now, you need to realize that the Lord is a gentleman and, and he doesn't want to make us do anything. And, and, and ultimately, he won't violate your will. He won't make you do anything. If he was going to make us do anything, he'd make us get saved. Is that right? Now, is that right? But we all have our own wills. You know that as well as I do. But, you know, the Lord, he, he leads me beside the still waters... And he wants to lead us. And he wants to guide us. But what did we say just a moment ago? A lot of times folks don't, don't flow with him. Is that right? And we won't let him shepherd us the way he wants to. And so then we wonder why there's lack at times. Oh, but if we let him lead us and guide us. Now, don't misunderstand me. You realize that the Lord won't... Now, He'll lead you at times. He'll lead you beside the still water, certainly. But do we see where the Spirit of God at one point leaded Jesus into the wilderness? Yeah. You know, I've said this before. I'll say it again. The Lord doesn't always lead us. 
in through a rose garden. You realize that? Now, now, I always like it when he leads me beside the still waters. And there's times that he'll lead you beside the still waters because there's times we need rest. I've already seen people that... that uh, now, my wife, I love her dearly. She's just the greatest person on the face of the earth. But she works. I mean, she can work. She can get more done. Uh, uh, I mean, she can get more done in an hour than I can in four or five hours. She's just a hard worker. And God blessed me with such a wonderful wife. And, and I needed her and need her. But you know what? She'll get to working sometimes so, so fast and so furious it wears me out just to watch her. And so I've had to pull her aside before and say, Honey, now, now, you know, thank God for all those pretty roses that you've planted, but we need to take a little time and stop and smell them. Did you hear me? Now, I'm not... I'm not embarrassed. I'm just trying to compliment her. But you see, you can work in. I've had to do it with her. Honey, that's enough now. Stop. Stop. Now here, let's have some iced tea. Let's sit just down here and relax a while. Let's go for a walk. Amen. Now we have to work. You understand that. You, you, you understand. We need to be industrious. But you know, we get to the end of our days... I don't think any one of us is going to look back and say, you know, I wish I had spent more time at the office. But I think we'll look back and say, you know, I wish I had spent a little more time walking with my, my spouse, just talking. Amen? Did you hear me? But, you know, also, too, I like it when the Lord leads me beside the still waters. And he'll do that. He'll do that. Didn't Jesus say to his disciples, let's pull aside rest for a while? They were very busy, very industrious. They were such hard workers, him and his disciples, that at one point they didn't even have time to eat. Do you remember that? And then Jesus said, let's pull aside and rest for a while. How many remembers that? And I like it when he says, let's pull aside and rest. There's sometimes he leads us through some things that aren't so restful. You know, as I look back at my life, I've learned more from the things and the times when he's led me into some rough places than when he's led me beside the still waters. But you know, even through those rough places, we can still have the rest of the Spirit of God on the inside of us if we'll let him shepherd us. Even if we're looking at some tough things, you know, that, that maybe lay out in front of us, I tell you what, you can still go through those things with the peace of God. Amen? So let him lead you. Let him guide you. And uh, sometimes if he tells you to rest, you better listen to him. Amen? He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside the still waters. Praise God. He restores my soul. Boy, that's a good thing right there. We ought to grab a hold of that. He restores my soul. He restores my soul as a, as a result of his leading. And, you know, there's times that we... How many, has ever, uh, uh, how many would agree with me that living out there in the world can really just, just suck the life out of you? Huh? You know what I mean? And we all need to be restored. We all need to be restored. We all need to be restored. Actually, that's why he set the Sabbath in there originally. One of the reasons. I was just talking about this with my wife the other day. 
uh, how many of you remember, I remember this when I was a kid, back in the, in the early, mid-70s, you go out on a Sunday, and it was dead as a doornail out there. How many of you remembers that? Things were closed, huh, in honor of the, in honor of, of, of the Lord. And you saw somebody driving around, they're driving to church. Huh? And little by little, over all these years, you can't tell really the difference between a Saturday and a Sunday anymore in this land. But we'll get into a little more of that on Sunday. But we need, we need some time to get aside by those still waters with the Lord, just, just you and Him alone. Amen? And let Him restore you. Let Him restore you. Let Him restore you. He'll restore your soul. He can do things to your soul that, that, that nobody else could. Maybe you're here tonight, you're, you, the world has just pulled the life out of you and you're, you're just in your solical realm, your mind, your will, your emotions just running rampant, just burned out and just like charbroiled. But I tell you what, the Lord Jesus, let Him lead you beside those still waters and let Him, let him you know, get alone with Him in His written word. Praise God. And, and the Spirit of God will begin to deal with you. And I tell you what, He'll restore your soul and it can be back healthy again. Did you hear me? It can be back healthy again. I just feel impressed to say this. It can be back healthy again, and you don't need to be on a whole bunch of medicines necessarily for it to be so. I'm all for good medicine and good hospitals and good doctors. But I tell you what, I think sometimes we turn to tranquilizers too quick. We ought to turn to, the, to, the, to our shepherd. Amen? Is that okay if I just speak something out by the Spirit of God like that? I'm not telling anybody to get off their medicine. I'm just saying, let's don't turn to tranquilizers right away. Now, some people do need those things. Some people do. There's chemical things. Now, years ago when I was younger, I might not have said this, but I've learned through experience. Sometimes people need those things, just a little chemical shift here or there. Can you say amen? But then I think a lot of times, you know, we're too quick to just turn to those things when we get charbroiled in our soul. Let's let the Lord lead us beside the still waters. And let's let him do things that no chemical drug or anything else could do. Amen? Are you okay? I didn't offend you with that, did I? No. Praise God. I just felt impressed that there's some folks here tonight that you just think, I don't, I'm never going to be able to get my soul back like it once was. Healthy. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. But you can't do it. You're going to need to rely on the shepherd. Amen? Now, see, I didn't have any of that in my notes. But that's what the Spirit of God wanted said right there. He restores my soul. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Remember that? That's Matthew eleven twenty nine. Praise God. And then the Bible says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Real loud say, he leads me, he leads me. in the paths of righteousness. I tell you what, one thing for sure, any path you get on that is directed by the Lord will be a path of righteousness. Did you hear me? He leads us in paths of righteousness. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And that path will always be righteous if the Lord directed you onto it. And he'll lead you on that path through his peace. Remember how the Lord leads through peace versus no peace. Amen? 
Well, first and foremost, how does he lead? What's the number one way that he leads us? Through his what? Holy written word, Genesis to Revelation. Is that right? That's our general direction, right? But when it comes to specific things like which house do I buy or which car do I buy or, or which job do I take? Well, we need the specific leading then. You know, I found so many people, they, want, they, they won't live by God's general direction. And there's a lot of specific direction within the general direction, you understand. But you understand what I'm talking about, about which house to buy or which car to buy or which job to take? You know what I'm talking about? I can't go in here and find out. Terry, Mary Diane. I can't find that in there. Now, now there's a lot of qualities I can find in the Word of God as to what kind of wife I should choose. But it didn't say in there, Mary Diane. So I had to be led by the Spirit on that. You see what I'm saying? So what's the number of way he leads us is the holy written word. But if you don't have, if it's something like, you know, who to marry or that kind of thing, you need the leading of the Spirit of God. And how does he lead? Not with an audible voice, with what? Peace versus no peace. Well, we've got that across to you, if nothing else. Amen? Oh, could he use an audible voice? Could he? Uh, angelic appearance? Yeah, he could, but he probably isn't. That's far the exception. I'm always concerned about people that are always hearing voices and seeing things. Those people, without exception, are nuttier than a box of cornflakes. Did you hear me? But how does he lead? Peace versus no peace. Is that right? The Bible says in the Old Testament, they'll go out with joy and be led forth with what? Peace. New Testament says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts or be the umpire. What does an umpire do? Call safe and out. Is that right? Among other things. So if you've got peace on it, then, then it's safe. If you don't have peace on something, then, then hold off on it. Can you say amen? amen? So he leads us in paths of righteousness. But see, if we're not going to go down those paths of righteousness, then we can't complain and moan and groan when our needs aren't all met and there's lack in our life. Did you hear me? But if we'll follow the Lord and let him shepherd us, lead us and guide us, It'll be down those paths of righteousness. Praise God. And as we walk down the path, one thing I'll tell you about walking the paths of God, as you walk the paths with the Lord that He chooses for you, things don't get darker, they get brighter. Did you hear me? Now, sometimes there may be some rocky parts you have to go through, but the light should always get, be getting brighter when you're walking on the Lord's path. Oh, pastor, things are just getting darker. I'm just more confused. God told me to do such and such, but I'm just so confused. I've been doing this thing he told me to do for the last three years, and I'm more confused now than ever. Ever. I'll tell you the truth about it. He didn't tell you to go down that path to start with. Because when you walk the path with the Lord, things get brighter, not darker. Did you hear me? You okay? I said things get brighter. And it's a step of faith. How many of you would like it if he told you the whole plan up front? But he doesn't. He just tells you one little piece. You take a step. You get out there, and then there's, then things get brighter. And then it's another step of faith. And and huh? And then another one, right? When do I get to stop walking by faith? Never. Because without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. So he leads us on these paths of righteousness. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Well, even in the valley of the shadow of death for the Christian, it, it, it can be a bright place. Amen? I said it can be a bright place. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I'll fear no evil. Why? Because He is with me. Amen. That's encouraging to me. Even if we go through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Even in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death, we don't need to fear because Jesus is with us. He said He'd be with us always, praise God. He said, lo, I am with you always. And that means in the valley because that's a low place. Is that right? You'll get the humor of that about halfway home. He said, lo, I'm, that's one reason I don't fly a whole lot because He said I'd be with you low. You're, you're not going to have anything. You okay? Oh, Rodney just got it. Now, some of their people back there got it. You can have a little fun in church, can't you? You don't always have to be serious. And you know what? For a Christian, it's the valley of the shadow of death. I've never seen a shadow hurt anybody yet, have you? The Lord's with us. Listen, I don't care what you're facing. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care what you're facing. If you're born again, the Lord's with you. I said He's with you. I said He's with you. Yeah, but I'm, 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 I'm going through or I'm facing this, this valley. You know, now I joked a moment ago. I'm not joking now. It, it can be a very ominous thing. Did you hear me? See, now, if what I'm talking about right now is just you're kind of waiting for me to get to the next point, it's because you're not in a valley right now. Or you're not looking at a valley. The people that really listen close right now are people who's looking at a valley coming up or they're in a valley. I got good news for you. That He's with you in the valley. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. I don't care how low, how low. I was kidding a moment ago about, you know, low, I'm with you. But I don't care how low you go. You can't get low enough where he'll ever leave you. As a Christian, did you hear me? You can't get low enough where he'll ever leave you. Because he said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, he's right there. He said, what did the psalmist say? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Praise God forevermore. And for a Christian, you know, you know, what's really the worst thing that could happen to a Christian is you die. And Paul said to depart and be with Christ is far greater. Amen? To live is, uh, for me to live is Christ and to what? Die is gain. Why is that? Because the moment a Christian dies... Their spirit just steps out their bodies, all that is. And the angels are there. I'm thoroughly convinced of it. The angels are there and take you right into the presence of God. To be absent from the body, the Bible said, is to be what? Present with the Lord. And how much better can it get than that? Amen? Praise God. Amen. Tell you what, when you're, when you're born again, it's victory. Amen? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, as you study this out, a rod is to drive off the wolves. A shepherd uses the rod to drive off the wolves. And we're always glad when the Lord Jesus drives the wolves off. A good shepherd will drive the wolves off. Is that right? 
But the staff is for correction. When a sheep gets off, he takes his staff and pulls a sheep. My grandma had a cane. She walked with a cane. And whenever I'd get out of line, she'd take the end of that cane, you know, the bottom end that went on the ground. She'd grab a hold of that and the top of it had that, that hook on it. And she'd grab me around the neck and pull me right up, right up to her. And she, and she had this German accent. She'd go to talking to me in German. And I don't know what she was saying, but it couldn't have been good. But she was correcting me. And that's what the Lord does. That's what the Lord does. You know, he corrects us at times. Now, he encourages us and lifts us up, but he'll correct us at times. You know what I said a while ago? A lot of folks won't let the Lord shepherd them. Because when the Lord goes to correct them, a lot of people won't endure the correction of the Lord. They won't end up, what does the Bible say? Endure chastening. Is that right? And every one of us, will be chastened by the Lord at some time or other, or the Bible says we're not even children of God. And, and so when that chastening comes and He begins to correct us, we need to let Him correct us. And when He gets done dressing us down, we need to say, yes, sir. Is that right? And let Him shepherd us. Let Him, let him pastor us. Let Him have His way. And let Him correct us. And let him keep us on the right track, you see. And sheep are the most comforted when they know the shepherd is looking out for them and is willing to be bold enough to protect them and to correct them in love. Amen? So let's let him pastor us. Let's let him have his way. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's one reason to believe that this psalm is for the here and the now. It's not a psalm for when we're in heaven because in heaven we don't have any enemies. I like what one, uh, I think John Burks is going to be teaching on this in the children's church or he's going to be preaching on it somewhere. One thing you can't do in heaven is get anybody saved. Yeah. <laughs> you ever think about that? They're already saved. That's one thing, you, one thing you can do on earth that you can't do in heaven is get people saved. Amen. But you see, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies that we don't have any enemies up in heaven. So that's right here on the earth, praise God. He has prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies. You know what we ought to do? You know what I like to do when the enemies get all stirred up and they're just coming at me on every side and they're just talking about me and going on? Am I the only one that's ever gone through that? You know what I do? I just pull up to the table and just have me a good meal, praise God. Because the Lord's prepared a table for for me in the presence of my enemies. Amen? Amen. And they get to going on. They can't understand why I'm not firing back at them. They can't understand why I'm not shooting my mouth off back at them. Well, because I'm too busy sitting at the table being blessed by the, the food that the Lord has set. Amen. Amen. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Praise God. And then you know what I do? I'll just, went, I'll just say, hey, hey, why don't you come on over and pull up to the table and eat with me? Praise God. That really gets their goat right there, you know. But I feel that way. I don't, I don't have any axes to grind with, folks. Come on up to the table. Doesn't the Bible say, didn't Jesus say we ought to pray for our enemies? Huh? Come on over. Come on up to the table. He wants them saved, too. He wants them. Is that right? Amen. You anoint my head with oil. You anoint my head with oil. Well, that's a soothing process, isn't it? 
He can anoint us, Psalm 45 says, with the oil of gladness. I like it when he anoints me with the oil of gladness. Amen. And the Bible talks in Psalm 92 about a fresh oil. There's some folks could use an anointing of fresh oil. Amen. Well, let him be your shepherd. Let him anoint you. How many of you know you don't have to come up in a line and have me lay hands on you for the Lord to anoint you with fresh oil? Amen. You can get that right there where you are. If you're listening on the, in, on the internet, all you have to do is reach out in faith and let him, let him be your shepherd and he'll anoint you with fresh oil. Amen. Praise God. How many of you could use a little fresh oil? Amen. Even a car needs an oil change. Is that right? Praise God. Well, fresh oil. Amen. Also, that anointing destroys yokes and bondages. And then what the Spirit of God wanted me to get out to you tonight is, is keep that... You know, we talked about that intimate relationship. Let that be on a daily basis and let Him anoint you daily. Why is that? Because that daily anointing uh, 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 that He anoints us destroys yokes and bondages. If you'll you stay close to Him and let Him anoint you daily, you know what I mean by that? Then it can keep a yoke or a bondage from getting, getting a start in your life and building and growing into something that's horrible. Preventative maintenance. Amen. How many of you know an ounce of prevention is worth a... You okay? You getting anything out of this? My cup does what? It what? It is it half full? Is it a third full? Is it three-fourths full? No, it does what? Is it is it full? No, it's not full. It does what? Runs over, praise God. Like the Bible says, we're more than conquerors. See, it'd be a good deal to be a conqueror. I'm not a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. Amen? My cup's not just full. It's running over. How about yours? Is that a braggadocious statement? No. I didn't start out with it that way, but it's gotten that way by letting the Lord shepherd me all these years. Amen? And now we've got some left over where we can help folks. Can you say amen? Say this, my cup runs over. Say the windows of heaven... For a tither and a giver are open and are pouring out a blessing. We don't have room enough to receive it. Say this, the giver is given back unto good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Amen? Praise God. That's, that's shouting ground there. Glory to God. Let Him shepherd you. Let Him have His way in your life. Let Him lead you on those paths of righteousness. Amen. And you get to the point, your cup will run over. And surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. You study the armor of God, the, the, the weaponry that God has armed us with. It's all for the front part. What's guarding the back? Well, goodness and mercy. Amen. Goodness and mercy following us around everywhere we go. Goodness and mercy following us around everywhere we go. Goodness and mercy following us around everywhere we go. Praise God. And not only that, every place we go as representatives of the Lord, as sheep of His pasture, every place we go, we ought to leave goodness and mercy behind us. Have you ever seen a, a boat go down a river? And in the wake, what is, it leaves a wake, doesn't it? Every place we go, in our wake, there ought to be goodness and mercy. Why? Because the Lord has, has, has goodness and mercy following us around every place we go. Amen? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell, dwell, dwell in the house 
of the Lord forever. I can't think of a better place to be than the house of God. How about you? I can't think of a better place to go than the house of God. Oh, I tell you what, didn't the psalmist say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go where? To the house of the Lord. And you know the house of the Lord, it ought to be a place that we, that we, we ought to dwell. Dwell in the presence of God. You know, church ought to be more than a filling station. Is that right? And I know you don't have to come to this building to have a church. I like what one person said. It's good to come to the house of God, but it's even better to be the house of God. Aren't we temples of the Holy Spirit? But you know what? I have a love for the house of God. How about you? You know, Jesus had a love for the house of God. The Bible said the zeal for the house of God consumed him. How many of you remember the Bible said that? And I've got a zeal for the house of God. How about you? I think we live in an hour where we need to keep ourselves stirred up with a zeal for the house of God. We need to keep that stirred up. I'm speaking by the Spirit of God now. Keep that stirred up on the inside of you. We live in a day and in an hour that if we don't keep that stirred up, there'll be a dullness overtake us for the house of God. But let's keep that stirred up within us and let's keep that zeal stirred up within us for the house of God and let's always, when they say, hey, it's time to go to church, whoo, glory to God. I was glad when they said unto me, we're going to get to go to church. Praise God. How about you? You excited about that? Keep yourself stirred up in that area. Or I'm telling you, you can get dull in that area. Even preachers can get dull in that area. Did you hear me? Including myself. Let's stay stirred up toward the house of God. And let's dwell in the house of God. And praise God for the dweller, the one that dwells in the house of God. The Bible says in Psalm 91, He'll deliver us from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence. His truth will be a shield and buckler to you. You'll not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand will fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it'll not come near you. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Only with your eyes you'll behold and see the reward of the wicked. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep you in all your ways. You'll tread on the lion and on the adder, the young lion and the dragon shall, you'll tread Trample under feet. That's the power of the enemy, praise God. He'll deliver you. He'll set you on high. You'll call on him and he'll answer you, praise God. This is all for people that will dwell in the house of the Lord, you see. I'll be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him. I'll honor him with long life. I'll satisfy him and show him my salvation. No, dear friends, that's those blessings aren't for somebody that looks at the house of God as a filling station. No, siree. You shouldn't come to the house. You shouldn't wait till you get down and drained to come to church. See, See, it's that continual basis, that continual consistency. Let him anoint you daily. Come to church on a weekly basis. Stay in the house of God. Don't let those yokes and bondages take hold. Don't let those things build up. You see, can you say amen? Stay in the house of God. Keep yourself, that zeal stirred up on the inside of you to come to the house of God. Stay in the house of God. Stay under the anointing of God. Dwell in the house of God. It shouldn't be a filling station. It should be a place where we dwell in the presence of God. Dwell in the house of God. Let the anointing go forth. Praise God. And then all these blessings are yours. Can you say Amen. Are you glad you came tonight? Well, I preached myself plumb happy. Glory to God. All right, let's receive the tithes and offerings. Amen. If you're making out a check, you